When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This is the moment of the year. This is the Rich Eisen Show. We're getting football back. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. And I'm not talking about quarterback competitions. I'm talking about the freaking New York Jets. Yeah, man, I'm loving my time here. I mean, it's, I've just embraced everything uh, New York. The mayor of New York. <laughs> Earlier on the show, ESPN college basketball analyst Jay Billis. Coming up, NFL Network analyst Daniel Jeremiah, executive producer of Hard Knocks, Ken Rogers, and now, it's Rich Eisen. That's correct. Can confirm, and there I am. Welcome to the uh, second hour of this Monday program, a deep dive on college realignment and all the machinations between Pac-4 and Big 18 teams and Big 16 teams and the SEC. And it just, you know, that, that was funny years ago. Uh, it's not so funny anymore. The SEC, it just means more. Um, now, now I guess the hashtag is more means more. More means more means. Uh, it, just, the, it just is more. <laughs> more, more. More. How about this? More is the mean. How about that? Is that a little too esoteric? Is that too big teen? It, that's my big 18 education talking right there. I started in the Big East and then I ended up at ACC. You know, it's all fine. It's you fine. know what? Everybody it, moves. It, again, the ACC you know? has got it made in the shade because they and the SEC, too, because their conferences don't have a number in it. They could go whatever they want to right, do. Right. South Coast Conference. That's right. And as South long as NBC pays no Notre Dame more than the average of what the Big Ten would pay the school or the SEC would pay the school, you know. Then who cares? Then, then they're staying put. Yeah. As long as teams will play them, you know. I don't know if the Big 18 will be just like, we, we can't do any out-of-conference schedule anymore. I mean, they can just do conference schedules. That's what they, maybe that's where they're going to go. Just conference schedules right from the get-go. You don't have to warm up against any other smaller schools or anything like that. I mean, Notre Dame has a has a pretty good schedule. They play Ohio State. Well, USC, it's now. We'll see how it goes. Clemson. Stanford, it could just be exclusive. I mean, hey, you know, we're just playing ourselves now. That's it. Sorry. See you later. And then suddenly Notre Dame will join the big 19 to make it an even 20. <laughs> um, hour number three, Ken Rogers, the executive producer of Hard Knocks, talking about tomorrow night's debut of Love the it. highly anticipated return of the series on HBO. Love it. And you can watch it here on Max on uh, on the Roku platform. Uh, but joining us right here on the program is my colleague from the NFL Media Group. Love sitting with him at the Combine and the Draft. And he's doing the Inside Training Camp Series for NFL Network and NFL Plus. My friend Daniel Jeremiah back here on the program. How you doing, DJ? 
I'm doing great, Rich. Uh, we, uh, we're ready to go, man. It's football. Season. We are ready to go, aren't we? So uh, just to review, give me your uh, itinerary so far this training camp season, where you have been so the folks know. Sure. Uh, it was not a geographically uh, friendly <laughs> trip. So we, we, uh, we started out in Los Angeles with the Chargers, then went to Indy for the Colts, then came back to California for the Cowboys, then out to see the Eagles and then the Steelers and then uh, got home from that trip yesterday around noon. Mm. And at 2 o'clock, I got in the car and went back up to the Chargers for their scrimmage last night to double up on them. So we've been uh, on the move a little bit. Okay, so let me choose the Colts first. Why not? Because they got a rookie okay. quarterback and Jonathan Taylor still holding in. Um, so first order business, did you see Jeremy Mercedes luxury bus and was anybody on it at the time that you saw? Uh, I was there that day. Ah, so, well, look at all you. That stuff went down. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was right there. So yeah, what? I was at the, uh, <laughs> the all wow. right. How, I, I didn't even know that. I was just throwing a dart at a board and I hit the bullseye. So what happened that day from your perspective? Give me, walk me through. So I, yeah, you've got the field in front of you. So imagine, imagine where, where I was, was like it towards the uh, maybe like right on the front of the goal line and then the practice is taking place obviously just a little bit maybe at the 20-yard line to your right and then at the end of the goal line there's maybe 15 yards and then there's the bus parked so you had Jonathan Taylor in the bus with Jim Ursay while the practice is going on and word starts getting around social media that uh, that this is ta- this meeting is taking place and you had, and you look up in the stands, Rich, and there's, you know, a couple thousand people there. There were as many eyes on the bus as there were on the practice um, <laughs> to see what the heck was going on there. So we all know what happened on the bus and what's happened since the bus. And the question I have for you is how do you think this is all going to wash out, Daniel? Well, a couple sides to this thing. For me, on this whole running back debate. And I think, you know, you need to look at each of these cases individually in terms of does leverage exist. And after being there and watching this team and seeing Anthony Richardson, we can talk about him in a minute. I'm excited about his future and what he can do and what he can be. Um, But I would make the case that Jonathan Taylor has the leverage more so than any other of these running backs that have had issues with what's going on. This is an offense when you go out there and watch him. I like Michael Pittman Jr. I like Alex Pierce. They've got some big, you know, intriguing tight ends. Jelani Woods is, is enormous. Mo Alley Cox, you know, two two good solid players. When you line up to play the Colts, Rich, the guy that you fear, the guy that you game plan around, the guy that can beat you quickly is Jonathan Taylor. So just for his talent and where he is age wise and where he is in his career, and you figure these next, you got to feel really good about what he can accomplish these next three years. And then you add into that the pressure he would take off your rookie quarterback. Um, this is one where I'm not saying you cave and, may, and pay him Christian McCaffrey money, but I would I would sure as heck say, okay, here's the, the number of what it would be the tag the next two years combined with what you're making now, and if I pay you an extra $10 million bucks over the top of that, um, I, I'd make him turn that down, and then I would let everybody then go ask Jonathan Taylor the questions because right now – Holding firm on what he's making, I think there's a strong case to be made. This is not this is not the hill you want to die on. Right, and then Zach Moss breaks his arm after you saw them, right? So they have actually one fewer running back that's ready for Week One. So why? I don't get it. Like why? Why wouldn't they go ahead and 
adjust the contract? I mean, he's in a walk year, so you can't sit here and look at the rest of the league and say, you know, um, we, we did something that's completely unprecedented. We, we've got a kid that used to, you know, two years ago was the, the best rusher, or at least the, the, the league's leading rusher in, in, in Jonathan Taylor, and we're paying him. Like, I, I, don't, I don't understand. I'm, it's a total head-scratcher. Why are they taking the stance that they are apparently taking, Daniel? Yeah, and I mean, I get it's one of those things to say, well, we don't have to, right? We don't have to pay him the way the rules are and the way this is set up and the way his contract is. Right. I think he's making, what, $4 million this year? Correct. And so then you look at the tag, the next year would be 11 somewhere around there. So you're looking at a seven and a half average. To me, that'd be the best $2.5 million, you know, per year that you spent. Say, hey, we're going to give you an extra $5 million bucks on, on each of these two years. You know where you are. And we'll go ahead and, and give you a $5 million sugar for not only being a, a great player. Rich, he's like one of the best guys on the team. Everybody loves him. Like, he's a great teammate, all that stuff. In the so league, too. Best. I look at – yes. <laughs> and so, look, like Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson's a great example of a player who's who's a veteran. You know, it's a different – he's at a different stage in his career. But somebody that's universally respected. The Eagles don't have to, to give him more. They could have just played hardball with him with his current contract. But they recognize there's there's value inside the locker room with these types of things, too. It's more than just the money that you're giving a guy. Um, and this is someone at the running back. Look, if he was 29 years old, I get it. You don't want to try and extend yourself out. You could be on the decline. He's a 24-year-old. I know he missed some games last year. I don't see that being as big of a concern over the next couple years. I to me, this one, this one, I don't understand. It doesn't doesn't make sense. To me. All right, so then let's get into what Anthony Richardson looks like. He's a starter, right? They 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 have all intention to start this kid week one against Jacksonville. Yes, I would think so. I mean, he was getting a lot of reps with the ones Minshew. Minshew played fine. He was, you know, I, I think they'd be, you know, competitive with with Gardner Minshew. I think they have one of the better backup situations in the league with him. But uh, you know, to me, it's. With rookies, you get out to these rookie training camps and you see guys that just looked overwhelmed. They're like, "Okay, you can't." Like, you just. I, I think he's got a chance, but he's this is this is going really fast and he's swimming. I didn't get that sense at all. You know, I, I think they've already started a lot of zone read stuff, so they'd be able to really incorporate his legs early as he's continuing to to grow into the offense that they want to run there with Shane Steichen. But um, they can rely on his legs early, and then you know, throwing the football. Rich, he's enormous. He was about 250, 255 the day I was there. Um, and he, he's, it's hard to stand out on an NFL field, and, uh, and he does. And he, the ball jumps out of his hand, and they can just train him. And look, hey, at this point in your career, if number one in the progression's there, bam. Number two's there, bam. If, if, if once we get to number two, you're running. But just get out and go. You use your athleticism, and, and we'll, we'll develop the rest of it later. So the huge upside that you and I were talking about in Indianapolis in February uh, and early March when this kid was spinning it at the Combine is absolutely a still sky's the limit from your perspective just a couple weeks into training camp in August. Yeah, no, and I think you're, you know, just let me give you a warning. Just be prepared that during the early part of the season, if people aren't dialed in and watching every snap of the Colts, you're going to have the pro Richardson crowd that's going to take two throws that he makes in a, in a week and and just say this is the most unbelievable player you've ever seen. And you're going to have the anti Richardson crowd take two you know underneath throws that are you know maybe wildly inaccurate and try and paint him as another thing. So 
if people are really dug in in their camps on this thing, you you know, they can try and make their case either way. I would just say I think the kid's going to be really good. I, I think you got to be patient with him um, in terms of what your expectations are. But he's not he's not physically overwhelmed. He's not mentally or uh, mentally or emotionally overwhelmed. Put him out there. Let him get going. Live with some of the bumps and the bruises. Um, but there'll be some highlights. I can guarantee you that. Daniel Jeremiah, my compadre from NFL Network, in the middle of his training camp tour uh, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Steelers look good I, uh, um, based on your tweet that I saw over the weekend. Um, I'll give you the floor on what you saw and how good you think Kenny Pickett can be in year two with a leap right in front of him. Daniel. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of the more improved teams, you know, in the league. So when you look at them and you say, okay, the the best way to, you know, the formula for winning in the NFL, great quarterback play and pass rush. You get T.J. Watt back healthy, Alex Highsmith and him getting to play together all year long. You know what the the numbers speak for themselves when T.J. Watt's out there, you know, for a full season. So I'm not the pass rush is going to be really good. Um, Then you look on the other side, they've made so many improvements along that offensive line. It looks like a totally different group. Um, so they're in better shape there. Pickett gets a chance to get all the reps, which he didn't last year at this time. So he's just getting all this work in. Um, they're going to be able to run the ball better because of this offensive line. Uh, the, Rich, the, the tight end, I mean, Darnell Washington, he was listed at, in the 260s. Rich, I've been doing this for 20 years, and he's, he's, I promise you he's closer to 290 than he is to 260. He is enormous. He is enormous. He is not an ounce of fat on him. You talk about standing out on an NFL field. He's a, he's, he's a, he's a giant. And uh, he, he was doing one-on-ones against T.J. Watt more than holding his own in pass protection. Tomlin hmm. was right in the, midst, in the middle of it. It's, he's going to be a, a real, real steal for them in the third round. Uh, but Pickett, you know, when you watch him, everything that Joe Burrow does well, I think our strengths for Kenny. Now, Kenny doesn't do all those quite to the Joe Burrow level, but he has all those same strengths. And, you know, what's the group that they have in front of him that's better? Um, George Pickens has made highlight reel catches every day. He did when I was there as well. He's got a chance to be a legit one. Um, I think it's, the, you know, I, I think this team, people, I saw somebody on TV the other day debating, are they going to be the fourth team in the division? Mm. I'm like, I think they can win this division. Forget finishing in last place. How about that? I mean, they did, as you know, finish strong last year. You always got to look at teams that finish strong um, to s- start equally as strong this year, and you know, uh, and and pick yeah, and Joey Porter is apparently r- r- having a terrific camp, um, and Pickens, as you know, mossed him. But other than that, like mm-hmm. that's the only video that's come out pretty much about Joey Porter Jr. He looks good. They got oh, the he- offensive line shored up, you know, uh, as we all know in the first round. And Najee Harris coming back. They, they are under the radar. There's no question about that. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Can I can I give you can I give you a quick uh, Tomlin story Please. about how good this guy is? Yes. And which, by the way, shocks me sometimes when you when you tweet something or what do we X something. I don't know what we call it anymore. But when when you put something out there and then people push back, like really, we're gonna you're choosing to push back on Mike Tomlin being a good coach. Is that what we're doing now? Um, but I was talking to Porter. And they had a scrimmage the night before I got there, mm-hmm. uh, night scrimmage. I thought they'd be in helmets, you know, and just kind of doing a walkthrough. No, they're full pads. They're tackling to the ground. It was a physical practice. Porter's exhausted after afterwards when you get a chance to visit with him. And I said, hey, what did Tomlin, what did Tomlin tell you guys before this practice? I'd imagine you guys probably thought it wasn't going to be as, as heavy and as physical. He said, 
He said two things. He said, guys, we're going to find out today. We're going to find out who loves football and who's comfortable being uncomfortable. And then that was it. And he did. <laughs> I'd love it. And I, I imagine he did find that out um, by the end of the practice, Mike Tomlin. <laughs> I, it was it was energetic and competitive. It was a really it was a great practice to show you what kind of respect he has. I got a text because I had tweeted that out. Mm-hmm. I got a text from a head coach in the SEC saying, "Can you call me?" I don't know what he wanted, so I called him. When I got back to my hotel, what's going on, coach? He goes, "Hey, what's Tomlin doing? How, how you said it was really competitive. How so? Well, you know, what's, what was he doing during practice? What was he saying?" Love it. I'm like, this is this shows you how respected that guy is. Daniel Jeremiah here on the Rich Eisen show. How did the Eagles look to you? deep um full disclosure uh i did uh, most of our tv hits from the parking lot so uh, <laughs> you know i didn't get to see all the <laughs> that's why i love you all right they look deep they've so so yeah, you're deep is what you're saying you you were you were too deep yeah. from the field is what you're saying okay all right yeah no i got a chance i got a chance to do some uh some car <laughs> scouting by the way if anybody ever wants to go to training camp and play a fun game just just get right outside the player's interest and try and guess who's in the car that drives you well you could guess play. who you could guess depending on how expensive they are and um you know how and how and who might have just signed a contract by the way jalen hurts turns <laughs> 25 today how about that kid was kid turns yeah. 25 today coming off of that season last year and i guess that's the yeah. general sense is that they got deeper and they, they didn't appreciably change too much. You know, obviously they lost both coordinators. But I guess then let me ask you, what's your sense of the Eagles prior to the preseason beginning right now, DJ? Yeah, I mean, I got a chance to visit. I got a chance to visit with, you know, a bunch of personnel guys, coaches and players after practice. And sure. Kind of take their temperature a little bit. Um, the couple of things that I came away, they said, you know, A.J. Brown is so much more comfortable. Think about how good he was last year. Um, but the chemistry continues to grow with him and Hurts. Um, and they think he's, you know, there's another there's another level for him to reach. Well, that's there, the secret uh, sauce, the isn't it, Daniel? I mean, that's the, every, everybody keeps talking about the run game, but Hurts and Brown are, are, are uh, an elite A-plus deep threat. And we're not even talking about the Heisman Trophy winner that runs – like the wind on the other side of the field. You know what I'm saying? So that that is pretty big. So I guess what else what else did you glean from the personnel about about the run game yeah. with Miles Sanders now and in, in Carolina? I mean DeAndre Swift was acquired on the third day of our draft coverage. So what do you got for me on that front, mm-hmm. Daniel? Yeah, Swift's gonna catch the ball a bunch. So they'll be able to get him out in the out in the formation. You'll see him line up in the slot. They'll split him out wide. It's not gonna be just screens and checkdowns. Like he'll be a big part of the passing game. And then the rest of it's just going to be, you know, it's going to be a committee. You know, it's going to be probably not great for fantasy football because you're going to have Rashad Penny and Kenneth Gainwell still has his role there. Um, you've got Trey Sermon there, Boston Scott. I mean, they've got a lot of guys. So it, it'll be kind of a committee approach from that standpoint. But in terms of, you know, being being involved in the passing game, uh, I think that's where you'll see DeAndre Swift be a, be a big part of it. And, you know, the forgotten guy there, Dallas Goddard's probably top five you know, five, six, seven tight end in the NFL, um, and that's a that's just another you know he's another weapon that they can deploy. So they they are loaded. Their second string you look at their second string offensive line. There's you know two three guys that would be starting for other teams. So they have a deep roster. They can absorb some injuries. You know, provided it's not at the quarterback position. Daniel Jeremiah here at the Rich Eisen Show microphone and the Move the Six podcast co-host right here on the program again. The Cowboys, uh, Jerry Jones was telling the rest of the division to mind their P's and Q's that Dallas is going to be improved. Is that just uh, Jones bluster or can you back that up? More meat on the bones there, Daniel. 
<laughs> yeah, I I love the defense. I mean, I, I think defense got a chance to be you know one of the best in the league. They they've got you know big time. Michael Parsons is a freak show. I mean, you go to these camps, and again, you're kind of looking for that that thing that jumps off the field at you. He's he they can't block him, I and mean, he just wrecked the whole practice. Probably had three sacks the day I was there. He's in the backfield disrupting almost every run play. They they had no answer for him. Um, so he's the legit, he's legit, legit, legit defensive player of the year, dude. Um, so that, that, that's what the first thing that jumped out to me. Uh, but they're good up front. They've got linebackers that can really run. They've got some depth there. Um, in the secondary, it was nice to see. It's cool to see sometimes guys just need a little change of scenery. Malik Hooker, who just got paid, um, has been a really good fit for them. He had a pick the day I was there. He was making plays over the top. You know, Diggs is going to make his plays. So they, they've got a really, really good defense. Uh, offensively, Rich, I'll be honest with you, I'm a little concerned. It's not Dak. I know there's some Dak hate, I guess, out there. Uh, Dak oh, yes. is not going to be the problem. They need to get – when I was there, you did not have um, your future Hall of Fame guard in the mix in, in Zach Martin. So you don't have him there. Tyron Smith, who's had a wonderful career, he, he did not look good the day I was there. He just looks like he's really aged and struggled. And then with Zach out of the lineup, you know, you're taking a a six foot eight backup uh, and Josh Ball putting him in at guard, and he's gonna he's gonna have a tough time hanging in there. And Terrence Steele's coming off injury, so he wasn't a full participant. So it was to me in the fronts, it was very lopsided when they were going against each other. It is a defensive dominant group, offensive line wise. That would uh, that would concern me. I love Brandon Cooks. Uh, the addition there to be a deep threat over the top, but in order to get the ball over the top, you got to be able to hold up in, uh, in pass protection. So uh, that offensive line to me is uh, is something I'm a little worried about. And Pollard's going to be able to be a, a bell cow in a way, or, or do they need Zeke back in this mix? Certainly with Ronald Jones suspended for two weeks. What do you got for me there? Yeah, maybe a regular cow. I don't know if I'd put the bell cow on him. I don't think you want to give him uh, – I don't even know what you call – what do you call a regular cow, by the way? Just a regular cow? Uh, just, yeah, yeah, cow. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that works. Yeah, just a cow. Okay. Yeah, no bell. No okay. bell for him yet. Okay. Um, so I, I think you don't want to overwhelm him I, with, with, with carries on his body. I think that would be uh, um, that, that would be a lot of diminishing returns with that. So they're going to have to spread the rest of those carries around. They, they like – you know, I was there – the coaching staff really likes Rico Daddle and Malik Davis. And, you know, you got Deuce Vaughn, who's going to be a fun change-up option for them to throw out there. Um, but, yeah, I don't think that you just take Zeke's carries and dump them on Tony Pollard. I don't think that's going to work. And then lastly, Daniel Jeremiah, since we just discussed the Cowboys, this is kind of connective tissue with the Los Angeles Chargers. What will the Kellen Moore coordinated offense look like for the freshly minted gazillionaire Justin Herbert? What do you have for me on that front? Well, I, you know, it's it's an offense. I, I think the biggest thing for them, two, two issues last year. Everybody talks about, well, you couldn't, you know, you didn't get the ball down the field with explosive plays, and that was kind of the knock on Mike Lombardi, and that's where, uh, uh, that's what you're kind of hoping was going to happen. If Joe Lombardi, not our not our former colleague, Mike yes. Lombardi, um, with Joe Lombardi. So, yeah, that was the one concern, and they didn't run the ball. They couldn't run the ball at all. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out those two are connected. Um, so Rashawn Slater was not at the scrimmage last night. He was there when I was there earlier uh, in camp. I think he just got a little bug or something. He, he'll be fine. But when he's out there and healthy, uh, this offensive line, their front five is really good. And with Kellen Moore, I think they'll be able to uh, they'll be able to run the ball. You'll see a lot of that uh, outside zone, and and uh, Austin Eckler is perfect for that you know setup. So I think they'll be able to run the ball, which is then going to allow them to push it down the field, which Kellen. Uh, we'll do off play action and and, uh, and be on the move a little bit with Herbert. So 
Um, I, I think it's got a chance to be a much more explosive group, and that's not you know it's not really a shot on Lombardi. They just they weren't healthy up front along the offensive line last year. They couldn't run the ball, and that's the you know that's going to be kind of the key to this thing. Um, but I was there last night, Rich and Justin Herbert. You kind of forget last year that rib injury that he had against Kansas City. I believe it was week two. Yeah, that he just played through, and is, is he played great. But that his legs were not a big part of his game last year, and you're out there last night, and you've seen him take off and go, and he's, you know, that's a, that's another level that he can uh, that he can get to when he can use his legs. The, so uh, it, it'll be a, it'll be an exciting group. The TCU receiver that ruined my New Year, uh, Quentin Johnson, he he looks to be a difference maker as well. What, what do you think about him coming into this season on offense there? Yeah, he's DJ. He's got big time, big time juice. Ignore, you know, that's one of the things about the common. We love it, and I have a great time with you. We have a blast. Some <laughs> guys sometimes the uh, the forty times don't match up. Like he he looks a heck of a lot faster than he timed. He gets on top just as you saw, you know, in, in college football. Um, the first day I was out there, when he was out there, he gets on top of coverage. He gives him another, you know, power forward body out there with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Josh Palmer's having a really good camp. So they've got four guys. Um, legit dudes. He didn't. He wasn't at the scrimmage last night. I think he, him and Bosa and Slater. I think might have had the same little bug. Um, but no, he'll he'll add another another element to that. I mean, they they they're power forwards. Ever they're all six three. They're all huge. Yeah, I know. Uh, I have one last question for you, uh, Daniel Jeremiah. I'm trying to figure out which one would be the best one to ask. So. Um, I've got the Hard Knocks executive producer Ken Rogers coming on in hour number three. Uh, what's your just two cents about the Jets with all the buzz surrounding them and everything about this season? What do you have for me on that? What's your concerns or you think that they're set? What do you got for me on that, Daniel? I mean, I'm, I don't know how you wouldn't be optimistic. You know, yeah, every, everybody's going to say the same thing. You got to keep the offensive line healthy. Uh, I, I think, you know, people look and say, oh, it's got to, you got to keep uh, Becton healthy and get him out there. I and mean, that'd be great. To me, the, the chess piece for this offensive line, you saw it last year, is Elijah Vera Tucker. Tucker. Yeah. Because Vera Tucker can play tackle. You get a tackle, go out, he can bump out there, he'll be fine. You know, he'd be an awesome guard. But he, to me, that's like, if you want to put somebody in bubble wrap on the Jets, I don't think many people would think of that one. Mm. But that's the one that keep Elijah Vera Tucker healthy. And, uh, and you know, Rodgers. Is happy. Talk to folks in the building, and it's been awesome. You know, the feedback, the communication um, has been excellent. So I, I don't worry about them there. And then defensive line wise, they're you know, gosh, they're they're going to probably carry ten guys again. Um, they're really really deep and, and and loaded. So I know I don't know the phrase you use, Rich, where you say like you're, you're step on the banana peel. You're waiting for the for the bad news to happen. Oh, um, don't worry, Daniel. I've got a. I, I could do a top ten list of all of those uh, sort of uh, analogies from my fifty-four years of being a New York Jet fan. You know, we, we've got all of them. So, yeah, don't worry about that. I can. Yeah, I can help I, uh, you with that. I, I think. I think. I let's just whatever wood you've got, you knock on it. But um, okay, it's exciting. I know that it's exciting. It's going to be fun to watch. All right, uh, and then just as a an omnibus. Four quarterbacks for the Niners, three, and if it's three, who who are the three, and in what order? Your guess, Daniel Jeremiah. Give it to me. What yeah, do you got? my my guess would be. Um, I think Purdy's the starter. I don't okay. think there's any debate there. Um, and then I'll guess and say that Darnold ends up being the two, and then I'll be fascinated with Trey. I and I'm still. I love Trey coming out. I love Trey now. 
Uh, let me just give you one. Just like file this. This is with no insider information. But just looking at all these rosters and looking at teams. Yes, sir. Um, the the uh, Atlanta Falcons. If Ritter's not working, and you've kind of designed this offense with you know with Bijan Robinson and, and Algier, and you know what Arthur Smith how he loves to run the football. I, I wouldn't mind seeing it if shoot if the 49ers don't you know if they're a little down on Trey Lance and and somehow it doesn't work out in Atlanta, um, I wouldn't mind that marriage to give that a whirl. Okay, so he would be for the lack of a better analogy the Tannehill of of that offense because yeah. that's where Arthur Smith came from. So that's what you love. Oh, yeah, right. I, I don't see I, I don't see why he couldn't do that and do that at a at a pretty high level. He, he needs to play. Trey Lance needs. I mean, I'm. I still believe in the guy's talent. He just needs to get a chance to play. He hasn't had a chance to play. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like he's going to get it either this year from what you just said. They wound they up three Purdy. on the depth track. I mean, they love Purdy. And by all accounts, he's, he's played really well coming off this injury. So Nice nugget out the door. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Daniel Jeremiah. Greatly appreciate it. Appreciate you, buddy. You're the best, man. At Move the Sticks. Check him out on Chargers Radio, obviously, NFL Network, NFL Media Group, NFL Plus. Let's not forget that. And then, of course, his podcast, Move the Sticks with Bucky Brooks, DJ, right here on The Rich Eisen Show. Wow, lots uh, to download from that. And we'll take a break, and we will do that when we come back. And then your phone calls, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Ken Rogers, the executive producer of Hard Knocks, top of the next hour and next hour as well. A little bit of overreaction Monday as well. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Put your hands together for the most recent Heisman Trophy winner, Kyler Murray, Oklahoma. 
Where is that trophy right now? I sleep next to it. <laughs> it's on your nightstand? Yeah. So you, it's Good Morning Heisman every type, day? Yeah, type. <laughs> Seriously, it's it's right there next to, like, there's a yeah. night table next to Kyler Murray's bed and the Heisman trophy's resting yes, there. Yes, sir. That's amazing. Have you ever woken up in the middle of the night and you've had it in your arms? <laughs> like you've been spooning with it? Like, like, no, no, there's no spooning. There's no, there's no Heisman spooning? No. By the way, I would absolutely spoon with the Heisman if I won the Heisman. <laughs> now taking part in the Rich Eisen Show Throw Challenge, Kyler Murray, is this the first NFL Duke ball that you have thrown? That's an NFL. Oh, my God. You won't even answer that. Wow. Go for it, Kyler. Go for it. That's one. That's two. Kyler Murray. That's three. By the way, that's four. Those are all Duke NFL footballs. Just wanted everyone to know that. First overall pick. First overall pick. That's four. That's five. Wow. These are the footballs Kurt Warner complained about. That's six. That's seven. That's it. Oh, my goodness. Here, let's get some. Uh, oh, no. Here we go. Keep going. I'm on. Can you get one more? Hold on. This is getting, it's getting bad. Here we go. No. Yeah, it's getting bad. You got seven for first seven. Good enough. Seven out of ten. Kyler Murray. Good to see you, man. Congratulations, he won the Heisman and it seems the Rich Eisen throwing contest in the same year. That's a first. No one could ever take that away from you. Happy 26th birthday to Kyla Murray. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network, I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. That's quite the nugget from Daniel Jeremiah out the door. Keep an eye on the Atlanta Falcons. A theory, not a nugget. I mean, he says based uh, on zero inside information. I understand it's based on zero inside information, but Daniel's ear is directly to the ground. Like he just walks around with his He ear does. It's really ground. wild. I, I've seen him do it. It's kind of crazy. Keeps a grinder. He, 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 he keeps asks a grinder me to, in his pocket. No, he asks me to hold him like a, like a metal detector. That's how I walk him around the combine like that. You know, just listening for gold underneath the Nuggets. ground. Keep an eye on Desmond Ritter's ability to play, and then they'll get through the season with Taylor Heineke and go get Trey Lance. When's the trade deadline this year? Um, I don't know. Well, I imagine it's October, since that was the month that was associated with an exclamation point from Jim Ursay to Albert Breer about when they, by when they would definitely not be trading Jonathan Taylor. October 31st, 4 p.m. Eastern. And how about him saying Jonathan Taylor, he feels, is the most leverage of anybody out there? That, now, that was interesting. On the running back front. Like, good luck. Good luck with Deion Jackson and Anthony Richardson and Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman and Mo Alley Cox. Hmm. Best of luck. I don't know. I just don't think. That's the thing, too, with these running backs. They, they're, they're turning some of the nicest guys. Austin Eckler. Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, turning them into total a-holes. Unless, of course, you're Mark Schlereth, and he's just like, shut up and play. Stop zooming and get out there. 
Run the run the football. <laughs> See Kareem Hunt's showing up to New Orleans with Alvin Kamara suspended for the first three games of the season. Is that what's happening? Visit, like right? you just sit ATC until all of a sudden somebody gets hurt or suspended, and then you'll go there just because they they need you for at least two three weeks, and then what? Then what? Then you don't do anything. You play well enough to keep keep a job, uh, or then they 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 say they send you home. I don't know. If you ball out, they won't send you home. You know? How about the Cowboys? They kind of like a whole like they 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 like a they like a bunch of the guys, and Tony Pollard's just the cow, not the bell cow, because he's not that's not that's not his deal. Yeah, that was well, a little worrying when he uh, he broke that down. Yeah. It was, but it was not worrying because that's what I've been saying since the day that Zeke got released. And uh, Zach Martin is just going to be like, go for it. Yeah, I, that's the you one. Put that a really six foot eight guy at yeah. guard while I'll just sit at home and you know get ready for my gold jacket one day. That's you the one that, that really makes no sense to me. Is, is him because, like you said, Tyron going to the Hall of Fame, but yet, you know, he's been playing since he was 19. It takes a physical toll. And so the bottom line is just like all these teams are just like, then don't play until what? Then you make a miss one or two games and then you'll be like, Uncle, come in, we got you. You know? Again, these are all um, stories the Monday before preseason games hit. And did you see Trevor Lawrence is going to be playing? And then the whole thing that happened over the weekend that uh, about Jordan Love. Did you see? I mean, I read the uh, all read of a sudden article, Adam uh, Shine what he said on CBS or Sports and him saying that this guy can't play football essentially. All uh, right, I, mean, I, 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 I read Matt Scheidman, our our buddy from the Athletic who covers the pack, just saying that you know he wasn't spectacular, right? And then and Adam picked terrible, up on that, but then he had a nice thirty-yard touchdown pass in the in the two-minute offense. I, I mean, this I'm whole business Jordan of talking in absolutes. Yeah. We haven't played any preseason games yet. <laughs> I can't. I I, I just calm down. I try to stay away from the absolutes. And again, could you imagine Twitter or the topic bar world and the, the the conversation world that we live in right now existed when Trent Green got hurt? Do you know how? Do you know how if freezing cold takes existed in 1999? What a treasure trove about the guy who sits two seats to my left every single Sunday morning. You know, yeah, that's why you know I, NFL I, I, is the ultimate. The old, the Tom Brady. You never know. And that's the, he, the him, Kurt Warner. You can keep going. You never know the yeah, exact. And I'm not saying you know Jordan Love. Jordan Love is either of those guys. The problem for Jordan Love, essentially, is Packers fans have had the remarkable 30 year run of first ballot Hall of Fame quarterbacking. 30 years of Hall of Fame quarterbacking, one to the next. And now Jordan Love is the guy after, you know, I always say you don't want to be the guy after the guy. Aaron Rodgers disproved that. But I guess you don't want to be the guy after the two guys. In a row. In a row. Back to back. In a row. You know, the Colts were kind of in a similar situation going from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck, who was great right away. Right. And then now the last five years, they've just been searching. But if Andrew Luck had kept playing and had the same scenario. It would have been similar, yeah. Well, I mean, he was 4-4 in his playoff career. 
and had the misfortune, he would have he would have kept banging his head against the Tom Brady ceiling like the rest of most of the AFC quarterbacks, with the exception of Peyton Manning and Big Ben and Flacco. Flacco one time. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You would have maybe luck could have snuck into the Flacco role. Maybe Potentially, would, if, yeah, we got to assume if Andrew would still be playing, I mean, he'd be in year twelve, right, right now, and having an opportunity to take the Colts. You know, maybe there isn't an issue with Jonathan Taylor here. He, well, because he, he could, Andrew's still he would have been the one player to knock on the on the luxury bus door and say, "Hey, can I be part of this chat?" Right. Hey, maybe you take a little bit of me and give it to him, and let's figure this out. The fact that the Colts will not do what Daniel Jeremiah said, which is, okay, you're making four this year. Hear us out. Next year's tag is 11. Put it together, that's 15. What if we gave you two years extension, starting right now, two years, what would this be, $24 million dollars. Okay, so we'll give you eight or? more. Yeah, yeah, eight more this year, and then a little bit more than the franchise next, and then we'll talk about what you look like from now from there on out. For twenty five. Yeah. yeah. I, I, again, right? The franchise tag will be more than twelve by that point in time. Then we could see how this goes. Right now, we don't have to do this, but we're willing to do it just for you. Let's get out on the field. And again, he might be wanting a three, four-year extension. He, he might want the Cole Komet four-year 50 million. And then they'll be like, Probably. get out of here. So again, that's what Joe Shane was saying when he was on the show, the GM of the Giants last week. He's like, I know what I offered. I know what he wanted. I'm at peace. We're good. And we need those extra couple million dollars in case we need to sign somebody in the middle of the season. And, you know, the pushback to that is, well, why don't you take out of the hide of your quarterback? Why do you got to take it out of the hot? Like, why are you making this stand on your best player? Who the locker room loves and your fan base loves. Why are you taking this stand? Why are you counting your million here, million there at the expense of your running back? And the Colts are in a better position than the Giants are because they have a rookie quarterback who they're – Obviously, That's plan on starting point. week one. Exactly. And this so. is the same organization that told the quarterback who retired, and that's his well, well within his rights, keep the 25. We don't need to take that back from you. What, like, the GM couldn't have used that money? That's why, again, this doesn't make sense to me. You know. Let's go to... Charlie in Denver, you're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Charlie? Hey, Rich. Thanks for having me. Love the show. Thanks, pal. Uh, just wanted to circle back on the conference realignment. Uh, I have this crazy idea. It might be too crazy. You, you tell me. Would, would a FIFA-style relegation promotion system not work for the NCAA if we had four 16-team conferences and then a sub-conference for each one? You know, I, I, know. I get it. I think that's what's going to end up having to get together at some point. You know, this realignment that's taken place, and thanks for the call, all that's left is what happens with the ACC. Can can Florida State and Clemson, could the jewels of the ACC, with all due respect to the other schools I didn't just mention and yours, Chris, can those get poached 
by the SEC, the Big Ten, or whatever the Big 12 is going to call themselves, or they just stay put? That's the question. And Notre Dame. Who else is out there? Right? No one's going to poach from the SEC or the Big Ten or the Big 12. And what's left, if you will, of the Mountain West and AAC and Pac-4 is not, I think, other than maybe the two schools, Stanford and Cal together, might be of interest to some others sitting there in San Francisco, the large market of San Francisco. And academics as well. So, you know, if that matters. So that, who else is out there? So if, if, those are, that's, that's it. So once that all comes together, now you've got three super conferences. And the question is, is does the NIL and paying of players, which Jay Billis is saying, based on the court system, is going to happen. The NCAA and the schools are going to lose the case of restraint of trade on players if they're holding down them being paid. He's basically, you know... He said the Supreme Court has laid it out and that the court systems are going to win this case. So when that all happens and now it's a free-for-all of I've got to pay this recruit 15 mil and that recruit 12 mil and whatever, and it starts going absolutely haywire and there's no rules similar to the fact that the NIL has no rules, then everyone's going to get together and try and create their own Super League with their own rules and their contracts and whatever, and then then that'll be that. I have no idea when that happens. But the whole idea of, like, let's currently set this up right now, that ain't happening until it's forced. And the way that everything's going right now is uh, the way, clearly, these schools want it. More phone calls, 844-204-RICH, number to dial on the program right here on the show. Ken Rogers of Hard Knocks coming up, overreaction Monday after him. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Okay, back here on our program. So I did... um, have um, a moment in Canton where I stepped up and predictably had the OH yelled at me at the podium. (laughs) Yeah, can we get into how the jacket dinner went? Oh, by the way, 
the jacket dinner is one of the most special events that nobody sees. You know, the network used to broadcast it. We don't anymore for whatever reason. That's above my uh, flow chart. But it is special. Yeah. And they added a real special aspect of it that the jacket gets put on by a member of the Hall of Fame as selected by a mem- the person going yeah, I in. Saw a few now, normally it was always the whoever presents on right. Saturday does it. But to switch it up, on Friday night, now they ask the whole, the enshrining, who do you want for, who's returning to put the jacket on you? DeMarcus Ware chose Strahan. That's cool. Saw that. Yes, and Joe Thomas chose Jerome Bettis. And you could see some of the Browns fans going, yeah, Joe. What? Who? And Joe Thomas said that he just loved Bettis's style and what he stood for and how great he was and nice. chose him. That's neat. Uh, it sure is. And Zach Thomas chose Jimmy Johnson, who also, I think, presented him because Jimmy drafted him. Jimmy not in the Hall of Fame. Jimmy Johnson is in the Hall of Fame. Jimmy he's Johnson. not in the ring of. Ring he's not of in the Dallas Ring of Honor, right. which is just yeah. Oh, well, that's just another <laughs> whole ball of wax. I mean, when are we gonna? When are we gonna finally get over that? Uh, as a oh, on the fan, for, on the fortieth anniversary of that, as a Cowboys <laughs> fan, you're never going to get over that. Okay, because that's the oh, difference wow, between man. us having two more trophies or not. So, yeah, they, if they just could have worked it out, I know, Rich. right? I got it. I hear you. <laughs> Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, eight four four two zero four. Rich is the number to dial. Uh, a lot of college f- football on the brain today, huh? The coaches have chimed in. You see the first coaches poll? I did. Georgia's number one. Looks good. And then there's Shock. Michigan, two above Alabama. Okay. That's shocked. How about this? Well, Ohio Michigan State. Ohio State's fourth, votes. but they got a first place. So, yeah, Michigan didn't get any first place votes. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Whatever, yeah. LSU, then USC, then Penn State, Florida State, Clemson, and Tennessee. Yes, indeed. It's great. Okay. I was looking at the top 12. Uh, it might be a good discussion. Like, which of those twelve don't make it? Because you know we're going to got th- it. We're going to twelve next year. But yeah, I mean, like, this year I know there's one last was, one of the four. Yeah. And by the way, you know the realignment with the Big Ten. Um, I don't think folks realize that the Big Ten is going to a one big mosh pit of a standings like the Big Twelve. So or no, Big 16? no split divisions. So right? it's not like, you know, the winner of the toughest division faces the winner of the much less competitive division. Well, for the champion- and then the Big Ten championship so that's is, that's going to be out. Starting this year? or I believe it's next. Okay. And when when you, USC and UCLA well, right. join over here, right? Right. When it's just the mere 16 teams before <laughs> the 18 come in. I don't know how you could do it with 18 you're still going to, you'd have to split it. I don't know. But the problem with that is, you know what that is? I don't think a lot of people realize this, is that it's entirely possible that Michigan and Ohio State in late November is for nothing except pride. You don't want to really lose to each other, but you don't really want to show them everything you have because you know you're already facing each other, win or lose. If you, in the are, championship if you guys game. are one, two. That's the way it's been pretty, you know, right. and this is not a brag sure, sure, of any sure. sort. That's the way it is a lot of years. Right. Where it's like, this is now for the right to go play for the Big Ten championship game and for the right to have standing with the committee that meets every single week 
to put you in the Final Four if you win your championship game. Now, if there's 12 getting in, both are most likely going to get in Mm -hmm. to the big playoff. The only question is, do you get to host a game or not? And that will be of significance. Buy right? buy or not, or hosting a game or not. And that level of significance will be sacrificed on the altar of the game being played at full strength, might rest players against each other in the big house or the horseshoe because you got to, that following week's importance, like Blake Corms sure as hell wasn't going to play in the horseshoe this past but year. This is the new world order of this college football. That's what I'm saying. The, the playoff and the money matter more than your now, rivalry. I'm just wondering if we're complaining about, or at least I'm complaining about it right now, in the same way that a lot of folks are saying playoffs are going to ruin college football anyway because the do-or-die aspect to every Saturday will be gone. That, you know, when we went to school, it was all about you better stay undefeated. You yeah. lose one game, you're out. Yeah. Pretty much. Or if you're going to lose, lose, lose early. early. And a lot of people lose thought, early, right. Lose and a lot of people thought, well, that's the way college football is being played when it's now ruined. And then we saw the college football playoff, even with that facocta of BCS, which I thought stunk, even though I know you keep pointing out the math and the slide ruling and all of that stuff that I what I remember Brad Edwards used to do a segment on ESPN all yeah, the time, uh-huh. you know, like the nutty professor and like, okay, well, I trust you. They're the best teams. Remember the one year Alabama lost like the week like, <sighs> and then still made it. So, but this one's different. I feel like it's entirely possible. It's different, the game. it's different for you. What do you mean? It's different for you well, just because that game matters much right. more to you. Well, it matters to a lot of the, co- I mean, the the ratings show. rest of the country kind of digs it, too. Well, it's kind of the biggest game of the weekend, and so everyone watches. Or the year. Gamblers oh, it would be. It would be if Alabama and Georgia played each other. They do play the next week. Uh-huh. Right, okay. Um, but this one's on the schedule every year, and this one is now going to be potentially cannibalized by the manner in which the Big Ten is choosing who makes their championship Would you rather win that game or a playoff game? Well, I'd rather... You know? Well, I will go to my mortal coil. I will shuffle off this mortal coil, sir, saying I want to win that game, period. But, you know, if it's more important to beat them the following week... Or two weeks down the line, or, you know... Oh, my God. That's coming. You better get used to it. Ken Rogers, the executive producer of Hard Knocks and Overreaction Monday, coming up. And that's kind of what Jay's talking about. It's 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 the new world we're in for like rivalries. See ya. Yeah, that stuff's over. Better or worse, I don't know. I guess we'll see. The rivalries aren't over. It's just the way in which we grew up watching college football. But some of them is if, over. They're in different conferences now. They're not going to play each other. I mean, USC and Oregon. UCLA and Washington is a Big Ten game. Right, that is now. Yeah, that's right. Now for us, it'll be that'll be weird, but those four are definitely going to play each other every year because it's geographically sound to do it. Mm -hmm. So then, who do you add to that? That's why I said Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota, and Wisconsin are the ones make sense geographically. Not going to have UCLA play Rutgers every year. But is it fair to make Nebraska? And Washington get on a plane for each other when Michigan can bust to Michigan State every year? You know? And those are the breaks. Potentially Ohio State 
bus to, I don't know, they probably don't get on a bus to go anywhere else, but but an hour-long flight to Penn State, New Jersey to Penn State, Maryland to New Jersey. Also, getting to some of these places is going to be pretty difficult. I guess you're chartering now. They got the money. The official airline of the Big 20. Somebody's going to sign up for that. (laughs) 